Hello, it's Dee, and this is number 10, can you believe it, in Views from the Summer House, our light-hearted look at adventures in Cornwall for both men and women no longer held back by work. And we have called this episode Furniture Restoration and Upcycling, of which I know very little about, but I'm sure by the end we will all be very enlightened. <laughs> um, we are still banned from our summer house, sadly, and again attempting to record this podcast via Zoom. My neighbours, Anne and Susie, are sitting in their houses around the farmyard here just outside Lisgard, and Pete, our production engineer, is with us remotely in Scotland. Now, this week, we're going to have a chat about a wonderful activity for winters in Cornwall, or for that matter, anywhere, restoring and upcycling furniture. How do you get started? What equipment do you need? Do you need a workshop to do it? And how do you achieve a result that is so good that the end product is something you actually quite like? But as usual, before we go into our main topic, let me ask Anne and Susie, what have you been doing in yet another week of lockdown? Anne. Um, well, I had I I had what was quite a big experience for me, um, and it's something to do with one of our um, one of our horses, or in fact, it was Luby is my um, um, daughter's pony, and she's now twenty four years old. So that makes her about the same age as me in um, in um, in human years. Um, which means that she's getting on a bit and has a few aches and aches and pains. So she's on box rest at the moment. And the change, so not being able to go out in her field, that meant that immediately she was constipated, which yeah. um, I think vets actually call that impacted. And it can be very serious for horses because that can lead to colic, which, again, uh, I mean, most people will know that that's a very serious condition. So four, four o'clock one day last week, we rang the vet to say, oh, she's only done one poo last night and one today, <laughs> whereas it should have been about six or seven. Um, what, 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 more can we, what more can we do? So the vet said, I'm going to give you a very large jar of, um, and it's something like, you know, when you get your <laughs> four pints of milk, <laughs> something like that, which is a kind of syrup of figs mixture and you have to get that into your horse Gosh. and um so i looked up we so jeff ran off to the vets to uh, to get it and you know bless them that they did that so quickly and so late and so late in the day um and i and i just put in a um they're called shawfield equine because they are wonderful they will just do everything they do you know everything they possibly can to help help you with your with your horse they're horse vets and uh, <laughs> I got back and I thought, well, I have no idea. I've never had to do anything like that. So in the 20 years that we've had horses. So I, I looked up on the Internet to try and find out other people's experiences of getting a big lot of liquid into, in, into a horse file. You know, I had, I, they gave me big syringes um, to try and, um, and, and anyway, on, on the internet, I found an article by a girl who'd had about four months of trying to get stuff into a horse like this. And it was called, don't look in the mirror <laughs> because try as she might, however, she, however hard she tried, <laughs> most of the stuff that went in came out and went over her hair and over her face oh, and down her front. Oh, um, golly. So, but she did say, you know, um, put it into a jug and then pull it out in syringe hold the horse's head up as high as you as you can and make sure you've got their supper ready 
underneath their mouth so that when they spit it all out again it dribbles into their supper and you can try and do it so it took us you know probably an hour to get it all in but bless her it, you know and we, is she we better now to do it. um yes she's back to doing six poos a day thank you Kitty, for asking i'm delighted <laughs> well, we're all relieved about that then aren't we yeah. <laughs> and the roses will benefit in a couple of years time yes <laughs> just looking forward to using it how about you Susie? Oh, golly. Well, um, I guess more of the same. Um, well, not the same as Anne. Um, <laughs> um, we, uh, we're still soldiering on with trying to homeschool our grandson who's living with us at the moment. And um, the good thing is that the school is providing a uh, um, timetable and online learning for most much of the day. But um, yeah, it's still challenging trying to keep um, a nine-year-old happy and not on electronic games all the rest of the time that he's not yeah. in school. Um, so, well, we made some flapjacks this morning and um, and we yesterday we got him out helping in the garden because it was actually a nice sunny day. So uh, he and enjoyed that. He did that. seem to be enjoying that too. He loved it. Yes, we were <laughs> cutting huge branches off trees mm. and ha tying them up with ropes and um, nearly knocking his grandfather off a ladder and things like that. So it was all very exciting. So, um, yeah, we've been indoor activities and outdoor activities and obviously the, the usual sort of walks and things, which yeah. are lovely. So, yeah, Good. nothing very exciting. But. but then you and I had a lovely walk, didn't we? Oh, we week? did, yeah. Go on, With our walking poles. We yes. looked terribly professional. <laughs> and and they helped, didn't did they, Tiggy? Yeah, this was yes. a new, new walking pole, yes? Yes, I couldn't be without it now. It's absolutely brilliant. It just... Mm -hmm. It makes you feel much more stable because my balance is not as it used to be and I'm very clumsy. But with this pole, <laughs> yeah. you know, if I'm hoist, hoisting myself over a stile or something, it steadies me. And, you yeah. know, I just I just felt much, much safer and yeah. just very enjoyable. It's just a very nice way of walking. Yeah, and I think especially um, around here at the moment, down yeah. our muddy lane, there is, I mean, we are just swamped in mud, aren't we? Oh, and, my um, goodness. Yeah, yeah. The Funnily enough, I was listening to um, Paul O'Grady on the radio the mm. other day. and He lives somewhere in the countryside. and He, yeah, was, he lives in Kent, yeah. Yeah, and he was bemoaning the fact as well <laughs> that there was so much mud just everywhere. And that, like, everything you did, you just got covered in mud at the moment it's... i think you just have to give into it don't you when you live in the countryside i mean it is what yeah. it is really i'm sort of longing to go to a town and wearing shoes that haven't got mud on walking on <laughs> walking on some pavements yeah. <laughs> i think um i think yesterday um i attempted uh, a walk with becca and uh, I thought, oh, because we had the ice, didn't we, yesterday morning? Yeah. And uh, and I thought, oh, right, I'll ask Susie if I can borrow a couple of her poles. So I wouldn't normally use them, but I thought, oh, this is what we need. However, to get to Susie's door, yeah, <laughs> I slid literally the whole yeah. way down the yard. <laughs> so, it's like <laughs> a ski slope, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so yeah. anyway. Oh, dear. So what good, about good. our topic for today, Tiggy? What is it? Yes, restoring and <laughs> upcycling furniture. <laughs> 
So in recent years, furniture upcycling and restoration has become really extremely trendy. There are some very good afternoon TV programs on all channels, Money for Nothing. And then there's the repair shop, which actually is a bit more specialised and they are experts. Um, but Money for Nothing is where the presenter finds three items really at the local tip. And she either takes them to furniture restorers or to her own workshop, because she's very clever as well, and turns them into lovely items, which she then sells on and then gives the profit back to the original owner, which is very clever, really, I thought. Um, and also Shabby Chic seems to be very popular, where the finished items look deliberately unpolished, slightly rusty. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of like it's come from some old disused French chateau. Yeah. And I must just add, actually, talking about that, I'm watching on um, 4, Channel 4 Catch-Up, the um, uh, 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 chateau, you know, the... Cha oh, the yeah, Escapes to the Chateau. Yes. yes, but the DIY one, where oh, they go yeah. all around all the chateaus. My yeah. God, if you want to learn about furniture restoration and upcycling, watch that programme. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very good. Absolutely. <laughs> Anyways, so what are our thoughts about this sort of thing and what sort of experience have we had about furniture re renovation? I have to say I've had nothing. So, Susie, over to you. Oh, yeah. thank you, Tiggy. Nothing has been caught on the well, spot. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I do think, any of us know anything? <laughs> yeah, I guess, I mean, over the years, I have um, whacked a bit of paint on some old bits of furniture um, with various success. Um, I guess it first started way back when we literally had no money and, and people did give us bits of their old furniture and I thought, oh, well, paint them and that all seemed it used to seem a bit messy because there weren't the sort of paints that you've got no. now so mm. uh, yeah and so did, i remember did you, are you saying you um the, the results were messy or it no, was just, just doing... doing it was a bit more yeah. messy mm. in that like now you've got all these lovely chalk paints you can use yeah. which mm. you don't have to well messy in that i'm as you know a bit slapdash and <laughs> So I like doing anything that gives me an instant result. And I'm me not too, very good. Which is why I don't do it. <laughs> no, I'm not very good at anything that takes loads of meticulous preparation. And so um, when I learned about chalk paints, I thought I was in heaven because this is where you can just sudden, put one, one coat. Yeah. And you don't have to sand anything down beforehand. I mean, yeah. it's very effective. Yeah. I know. So maybe you give it a bit of a washed down sorry i'm a bit distracted my man has just come in to put more logs on my fire what, the butler the butler's here when you talk he's... about your man the butler yeah. <laughs> he's just replenishing my lovely open fire here with a few more logs um so where was i chalk paints and not having to prepare so um yeah so this have you tell us about an item that you might have painted with chalk paints and how successful it was then. okay so and where can you I... get them so I guess the first things I painted were our um, dining chairs that we still use. Um, they're some old Urkel ones that I don't even know if they are real Urkel, but um, I think they came from your mum originally, Anne. And oh, yes. uh, she didn't want them anymore. She was always palming furniture off onto me when she didn't want it anymore. <laughs> so I painted them and I then painted the legs of our 
sort of very rustic old table so that they looked like they matched. So those were the first things I did. And, and you just, as I say, you don't have to really do any preparation. So it's brilliant. You just, mm. you know, paint it on. And then this summer during so, lockdown. So with that, Su- Susie, were you giving um, a, um, a table coloured legs to match the chairs or something? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, yeah lovely. I painted them the same colour as yeah. the chairs. Yeah. And then, um, and then the- this summer during lockdown, when we had not long moved into our new house, so we had hmm. a few little spaces, and I and there were a few little old tables in the shed and chairs, and so not so much a winter project because it was the summer lockdown, wasn't it? But um, so I did them outdoors um, and just yeah painted a few things, and I bought this lovely. I mean, there's, I think there's loads of different brands of chalk paint, but one of the best known ones is called Annie Sloan. Um, right. And you can get that at quite a number of places, even. What, like sort of home base and B&Q and things? Um, I don't know if you can get them in those larger places. Probably you can. Um, I think I got mine at some more smaller shop in mm. Lostwithiel and also at a a place at Saltash that does lots of upcycling furniture and it's a reclamation yard. It's a brilliant place. They sell so much different stuff called Stacks and they sell it there. And then I went online and um, looked up Annie Sloan and there's loads of videos of how to do it. So Mm. before I got started, I did watch a couple of videos so that I could sort of get the hang of how to do it. so, and Susie, I mean, with those, with that brand of um, of chalk paint, is it because the colours are nice? Is that is that what mm, you like? Yeah, the colours, really yeah. Because I find yeah. that sometimes the colours are a bit limited. The ones mm-hmm. I when yeah. I just looked. Locally. I know. So, yeah. so say Trago, our local yeah. point <laughs> shop Trae, of choice. <laughs> I won't let you say anything about Trago. <laughs> I mean, they do sell it, don't they? But they have yeah. quite. Simple and limited colours, whereas Annie Sloan has all those sort of lovely, I suppose you'd say more interesting colours. So yeah, I've done two or three other bits, couple of. And like you you say, you know, in lockdown, there's nothing you can't buy on the internet. So there's nothing to stop you from restoring or upcycling because everything gets delivered to your door. Absolutely. I tell you you what, there is um, what does stop you recycling because in um, in lockdown number one, uh, Jeff and I were on holiday in our own shepherd's hut in our garden, and we realised we only had one chair. So we thought, and I said, "What you obviously what you need here is is a second chair." But um, and we we wondered initially whether the auction rooms down the road were counted as an essential store, (laughs) but no, sadly. Um, So I thought, well, where do you actually find something that we could, you know, um, tart up a bit and make it, make it pretty for the shepherd's hut. Um, And luckily when I was driving past Mole Valley down the road, (laughs) (laughs) I I screeched to a halt because there was, um, you know, in the verge, and was a discarded back of a little chair. You know, you know, I'm talking about these really small, square little wooden chairs. Yeah. And it was just the back of one. It must have either fallen off, you know, off a trailer. I expect or somebody some, dumped it there. Yeah, somebody like just, just dumped it. So I screeched to a halt, reversed, came back <laughs> and said to Jeff when I got back, look what I've got you. <laughs> so, and, you know, Jeff, bless him, he actually... 
um, turned that into a, into the little square chair that we wanted and then painted it with some chalk paint that I suppose we already had or that I did get from um, got got online so in the end and then and then Susie of course I think didn't you and I both have a go at making some cushions um did in, we? In no, I think you made some cushions. Did I make cushions? Maybe did you I not did. make cushions for something in, in lockdown so. oh, as well? No, I had a little chair that I fixed. And I, um, actually, this is another thing. I found, I had this dark wood chair. Sorry, I know we're all over the place here, but I had this little dark wood chair. We needed an extra chair in our spare bedroom. And I had this little, very dark wood, not very nice chair. It really quite ugly. But then I found this tin of... Um, lime wax in the cupboard which I didn't know as I was you know unpacking all the stuff we've got and I thought oh that looks interesting so I used that on it and that's brought it up really nicely so it's like a limed wood finish now and then the seat had a very dilapidated um bit of fabric on it mm. that was all ripping it off mm. and horrible and um I found in my fabric drawer just a small piece of fabric and put that on and um I was quite pleased with myself actually because I then I got some of those little round brass stud Tacks. things that, yeah. that you use on and put those on as well and it's actually I mean it's fine for a spare bedroom well, so these fabulous. are these are ones that you have to hammer in and the yeah, wood at the side. Like they look mm. like big drawing pins. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, mm. Susie. Yeah. that's impressive. I know. I'm multi-talented, honestly. <laughs> I, there's no end to it, really. Because I think maybe the year before, um, our spare bedroom chair had its seat worn out, and but it luckily it just had the kind of seat that you have to lift the middle bit out. Mm. Oh and you yeah, just put your new good. fabric from mm. Trago. Um, <laughs> on and pull it tight. I think we maybe stapled it, yeah. stapled it to the underside. Um, and for that, you need a, a, a staple gun. But um, I don't think staple guns cost very much now. And, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, but I, don't, I think once upon a time, they would have been an expensive item. Yeah. But I don't think they are now. And we, so we just stapled it, you know, pulled it tight and stapled it and put it back. And so I was quite impressed with that. I thought that chair looked... Uh, <laughs> Looked quite good uh, in the end. So you, so Susie, you were saying that of course there's a lot of online videos which tell you um, what you can what you can do now. But I was looking online um, before we started this podcast, and I saw that you can actually do for twenty five pounds, you can do a diploma in furniture restoration. Now I haven't got it right in front of me, and I'll put it in the show notes. But the headings that you were going to cover um, seemed to cover just about everything you could possibly want to know in in restoring furniture, and I thought, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be great? You know, um, and I didn't know how many hours a week or whatever you know if you needed to um, to do, or whether you. Um, and I'm guessing you would have to do some things practically, and some mm. things you would just be just be watching. But I thought, just say you were a newly retired person down here in Cornwall and you thought, you know, what kind of hobby do I want and make a little bit of money on the side? Wouldn't it be lovely to learn how to do that and and then get started if you were a practical kind of um, person? And um, you see, I, I know, for instance, I'm not. I, I'm all right at telling Jeff what projects he can do, but I'm not... Um, 
No. I, I, I tell you, I tell you, yeah, I'm I tell you how it. I know I'm not, because <laughs> when I was at school, when everyone else, I think, uh, sadly, I think this was in grammar school, I, so I wasn't five, I think I was probably 11 or 12, um, and everyone else went off to needlework. Oh, I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, so I went with the boys <laughs> to the woodwork class and I thought I was going to make the lovely tables and, you know, things. And the chap said to me, the teacher said to me, what do you want to make, Anne? And I said, I'd like to make an aeroplane, please. And I couldn't understand why it wouldn't come out looking like an aeroplane. I was so disappointed. That so must put be me very off. difficult, yeah. It put me off completely and I did have to go to the needlework <laughs> class, which obviously was very, very sad. But, I mean, so I oh, know... Dear. I'm, um, yeah, I bet. I'm not the person who's got the patience to do no. all the sanding and make the joints and no, you know, stuff like that. But I just thought it would be such a lovely retirement hobby to have, really. I, you mm -hmm. know, I can see the attraction. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. No, well, I haven't got pa I haven't got patience, which is why I do that, you know, chalk painting and then just whack a bit of wax on after. Something else I did that worked out quite nicely was um, we had a little like a side table and I, um, I'd been in a shop in um, Lostwithiel where they've got some lovely upcycled up furniture and they sell the chalk paint and I'd seen that they do um, they do all sorts of interesting things with the bits of furniture they sell and they're done in a very very nice thorough way and they all look beautiful and beautifully finished but they'd used bits of like nice I guess maybe pieces of wallpaper or something oh, like cool. that Decoupage, darling. Yes, yes darling. Decoupage. Yes. So I um is actually this when you, I was, is this where you paste and glaze yeah. the yeah. um yeah. the wallpaper onto That's stuff? That's right. So oh, I nice. found I found uh, some lovely paper. Actually I think it was in Topsham when we were there in Devon. And um so I stuck that on the top of this table but that was about a year ago and I still haven't varnished it so that oh, I was going to say where, where is the table <laughs> well it's actually up in the spare bedroom at the moment oh. but it looks really nice yeah. and uh, I was very it was more the fun of doing it really I guess so, than anything Susie, else was this like um, a, a piece of wallpaper which covered the whole top of the table yeah well it was actually two pieces of very thick you know very posh wrapping paper oh, yes. oh yeah. yeah so you know you can get you know you get that really nice wrapping paper and it's very very thick you wouldn't really use it to wrap a present I don't think but um yeah it was a piece two pieces of that and I managed to join it so that it the join doesn't really show so yeah yeah no I I, I quite like doing things like that oh, and, I can um, see the I you know, can see I the fun nice of that to, yes yeah. I can see the fun mm. in doing that as well yeah. Mm. Mm. And then um, so around here, there's loads. Sorry, go on, Anne. Oh, I was going to say, um, I've heard about something called crackle glaze. Is that that's not what you would use with wallpaper, is it? What is crackle glaze, what? Susie? So, uh, Susie. <laughs> yes, Susie. What is crackle glaze? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I did that years ago, actually. I had an old um, chest of drawers that I wanted to for in my bathroom in our last house when we when we lived near Bristol and what it is is you um I can't even remember exactly what you do but you put a layer so you paint a layer under layer of whatever color you want on your piece of furniture 
And then I can't remember if you put the crackle glaze or the second layer, but basically, you know, you know, it gives a sort of crackly effect. So yes. that you, it almost sort of ages it, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So you you choose what base layer you want, and you choose what top layer you want, and then you put on your crackle glaze. It's like a varnish, and that makes your paint. Cr- as you say, crackle or looks like aged. And it yeah. that works really nicely, actually. Yeah, that can look very nice. Yeah, and I did a bit of that, oh, years and years ago for a, yeah. Yeah, a bathroom and, cupboard. And Susie, where, if, um, if you wanted to do it, because obviously on um, Money for Nothing, um, Sarah, whatever her name is, goes to the tip and then we're always warned that we can't go to the tip anymore. Those days have gone. Um, well, we can go to the tip, obviously, to take our yeah. rubbish, but we can't but go we can't and pick, pick up other people's up, rubbish. Usually, no. yeah. So, um, where would you, where would you go to get something to upcycle if you didn't have lots of barnfuls of the stuff like you do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I guess. I mean, round us, and I think for a lot of Cornwall, more than maybe anywhere else, it seems to me, there's loads of auction houses, and yeah. not, I don't mean upmarket auction houses necessarily. No. Yeah, I mean there's a lot of those as well. It, I would, I think, compared mm. to anywhere else. I, um, but there's also lots of sort of cheapy auction houses yeah. well that sell sort of the stuff you wouldn't get at a better one yeah. um there seem to be and secondhand furniture shops or there's everywhere. a lot of those i've noticed in cornwall mm. yes yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's right so i mean and the, the charity r- shops i mean i don't oh, know yes. if they're open oh, yes. but i know they yeah, yeah. do a lot of furniture i yeah. think that's there's a, good a huge idea. sue Ryder warehouse in saltash behind the waitrose Oh, really? Yeah. Gosh. <laughs> and apparently that's a real everything. Aladdin's cave. And I oh. think, you know, they might have a lot of that sort of furniture ah, that you could have. Yeah. 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 No, that's good, isn't it? Hmm. And so, yeah, I think there's endless places now that you can, maybe more because the tips don't, well, I suppose they do take old furniture but i hate seeing that as well if i go to the tip people are putting really good stuff in Mm. there it just seems such a shame when they could you know in the old days they used to just uh, either give it away or sell it for a few Mm. pounds just such a pity Mm. isn't it but um i suppose on gumtree as well you might you might find something you might find something you know Mm. for for either nothing or next to nothing but anyway i think all in all i mean i think there's some fun to be had from whether you're a bodger like me or somebody who likes actually taking the time and effort to really yeah. sand things down and do them all properly and polish them and all the rest of it. I think there's probably low, you know, I think it's a nice little thing to do. when It's a nice yeah. object to have, yes. Yeah. I think if you yeah. decide what you yeah. want to do and you've got the means and you've got the items, I think it's a lovely project to have. And I don't think you need to have a huge outside workshop or all sorts of equipment. No. I don't and think I think, I, I think often no. the little items of furniture are the pr- are the pretty ones, you know, I the little tables you. and the yeah. and things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, great. Absolutely. Well, I think that just about rounds it up, really, for this particular topic. This yeah, well, week, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have any more little gems that you want to share with us, Susie. <laughs> I think no, I think not. I've given you the benefit of all of <laughs> my knowledge on the subject. But before we go, um, as usual, I would like to know if there has been anything this last week that has made you think, I might give that a go. 
even now we're in lockdown or at some stage in the future when all of this COVID horror is over. What do you say, Anne? Well, I, um, nothing, no, nothing big like parachute jumping or anything this week. But the thing that we have given a go, and I say we, um, is trying to sort out some extra nest, nest boxes for the mm. lovely birds that we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, so the tit boxes, um, I just looked them up online and uh, look, um, and I'm afraid I just bought bought four off Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know last um, last year, uh, you know, we had a lot of tits in the garden, but not many were very successful with their with their breeding. So and I know nest boxes um, significant. So we just painted that pen, painted them with a, um, and when I say well, you know that means Jeff, and um, painted them with a, <laughs> with a weatherproof um, you know thing, and um, drilled holes in the bottom and followed the RSPB instructions for where you put them. And then we've hung some food very close to each of them so that they can begin to explore. We hope that they'll they'll find them. Mm-hmm. But much more excitingly, um, you know, we mentioned last week about the tawny owl that's been flying around here. Mm. And so this really caught Jeff's imagination. So I said, oh, we've because buying a tawny owl box online is about 150 quid. So obviously that was going to be way outside with the horses, what we could afford. So, um, but Jeff um, rummaged around in Charlie's old barn, found um, the bits, um, and um, and he and Keith together put together and hammered away and drilled and have made a tawny owl box in line with I think either the RSPB or the Owl Preservation Society. So, um, and for those of you, once you've made them, you put I think two inches of bedding in the bottom um, and then um, we're going to try and find somewhere for it for it tomorrow so I'm going uh, to ask uh, where you're going to put it um, well I the tawny owl has been flying right around the perimeter of Down, hasn't it right so okay. I'm hoping maybe over by the shepherd's hut or something I'm hoping because I think what you have to do is make sure that um that the jackdaws aren't don't immediately find it and say, uh-huh. "Oh, that's a nice place. Let's go in there." Yeah. So we want to put it away from away from them. But anyway, I'll let you know how that goes. It will probably we know we'll see we'll see. Yeah. What about what about you, Susie? Oh, I don't know if I've thought of anything I could try. But I've just said you said what? No, but I think I could try because I think I need a bit of cheering up this week. It's yeah. just so miserable. I think actually, given the time of day, it's nearly gin and tonic time. So maybe <laughs> that's what I'm going to give a try to. <laughs> what, drinking more gin and tonic? I, th- I think the it's gin? a ne- Probably a necessity, don't you? Um, <laughs> if you I look out of your windows, Peter. look out of your windows now. Oh, and it's, it's very grey. Yeah. I think, I it think. It's grim. It really is grim. <laughs> Isn't it? Anyway, uh. I just wanted to say that it was my gorgeous, lovely Aunt Di's 100th birthday earlier oh. this week. Oh, and yes. Sadly, we couldn't all be together with her to celebrate it. Oh. But as a family, we did come together on a Zoom call in the evening. And there were about, I don't know, seven, eight different people on the Zoom call, which were her children, her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren. 
and all reflecting on celebrating her life. Yes, and we toasted her one hundred oh, years. Lovely. And happy then there was a little Di. yes, happy birthday to Aunt Di. And then there was a, a, a small exchange of photographs, old old photographs, and I just thought. I've got hundreds of old photographs just sitting in a drawer upstairs. And I'm going to get them out and I'm going to do something with them. I don't know why. Oh, That's I'm a good idea. I'm going to do something. Yeah, yeah. Are yeah. you going to photograph them? And um, I don't know what I'll do with them, but I think they should be out. They should mm. be put in frames and enjoyed, you know, so people can think, well, who is that? Because yeah. they I are I just lovely. I think yeah. so. Oh, that's that a lovely, lovely idea. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'm going to do that. And so sadly for us, that brings us to the end of our 10th episode of Views from the Summer House. Do please email, email us with anything you might have tried to cheer yourself up in lockdown or that we should try and find out about. Details of everything we've talked about today and our own email address, viewsfromthesummerhouse at gmail.com are in the show notes. And if you can, please join us again next time when we're hoping to take a look at taking on a pet, Susie, Charlie. <laughs> That'll be a good one. I will have some things to say about that one. Anyway, enjoy your week. Goodbye from me. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Thank you.